Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. If you are following the series that we have, the title of the series is called We Your People. And let me just explain that a little bit here this morning to remind us what a weird uh, title of a series, no? We Your People. Well, that's exactly what you and I are a part of. The moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you become part of a church, what we call a church right now, you become God's people. And within that parameter, we will be discussing a few topics every week, at least for the next four weeks. Last week, we talked about Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, where the first mention of the word church, they don't have any particular idea of what, parang pangit ng sound. Uh, they don't have a particular idea of what the church is all about at that time. The word, Jesus dropped the idea, church. You know, have you ever been in a situation where you are imagining what it means to be in Boracay, for example? Okay? If you have never been to Boracay, you will be imagining. And when you get to Boracay, you get, ah, ito lang ba to? Or the other side of it says, wow, this is Boracay. Just an idea. Well, Jesus dropped the idea of the church back then. They don't have any clue what the church is. But the first mention of the word church was what we discussed last week. Today, I will be sharing with you the first mention of what it means to be a church. The body. When, when Jesus added you to this thing called church, this is what was happening. So, uh, it's like the infancy of what it means to be part of a church. So when, when it is new, when, how many of you have children here? You have, I have. You know when they, when you give birth for the women, when you give birth to your child, you would even have this imagination. What a cute baby. I have the privilege of delivering my son. Okay, I was the first one who actually saw my son. I delivered my son. None, maybe if you are, unless you're a doctor, by profession you would deliver a child. But that was special for me. You know, that first day that I have seen my son to where he is at today, such a different creature. It's like, what? You're, you're Justin now? You're so different now. But there are things that maintain. For example, he has nostrils, he has eyes, he has ears. The same thing. But the other features, different. Right? So, Journey with me this morning as we look at Acts chapter 2, the beginning of the thing called church back in what we call the early church. Are you ready to go to the Word this morning? Alright, if you have your Bibles with you, open it to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 47. It's okay, you can sit down this morning. You need to stand up. I normally ask you to stand up. But uh, for this morning only, 
All right. And it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came up every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 45. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending to the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the reading of God's word. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Father, I pray that you would anoint the pre preaching of your word. Father, I pray that uh, you will guide us this morning. I pray that we will have an encounter with your word so that we can apply it in our lives and it will change us from glory to glory. Lord, we just commit this service unto your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to start, and if you have been listening to my preachings, I'd like to ask questions. As I'd like to start with this question this morning. Currently, what is your church experience? What is your church experience? What would that be? As God has added you to this church, what would that be? You know, we just are going in through a season where we are a little bit, uh, some call it uh, post-pandemic. We're entering into a post-pandemic. We are still in pandemic, but going into. And so part of that is an adjustment that we do when we come to church together. Some of you are a little bit scared, so it took a while for you to come here. And so when you finally joined the meeting of the believers, seeing how we're called to meet together, you are apprehensive some sort. When you see someone who take out their masks, like, yeah, don't go to that person. Right? So you're a little, you have that fear of coming together. And as a result, it, would, it took a while for you to come and now the reason why I asked that question is it has something to do with the current church situation that uh, your experience. So most of the time you would think and say it was better pre-pandemic. You know, I was closer uh, with someone in church. Now I don't even see that person anymore. Or maybe some of you are a little bit lonely. You're not connected. You feel, I'm so disconnected with this church. Maybe I should go to a different church. But you're still here and I am glad you did not leave this church. Maybe some of you are very connected because this is where you found friends. This is where you have grown. This is where you've been rich. Katulad ni Boo. Boo, by the way, is a dentist by profession. God has called him and his family to go to Kazakhstan. And that's an amazing uh, journey that they have. And so they would come back 
to the Philippines. They, they, they're here right now. They're doing their MPD, waiting for God to send them to the next destination. And I'm sure when they went back to Green Hills, they're sending church, medyo their experience was most probably pre-pandemic. And then when they come back, it's like, I don't feel at home here. There's a separation between me and my church. Now what happened? Right? Maybe that's not your experience. You just know of someone. No? May kaibigan ka lang na ganun yung experience. Kayo wala sa church ngayon. Alright? So, journey with me. As Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 47. The direction that we would like to communicate with you this morning is called shared lives and shared love. Now, this is what we hope that your experience would be in our church. Now, pandemic, look, we have friends worshiping with us outside. Pre-pandemic, wala po yan, no? Ngayon, we have that as an option for those who are scared. By the way, they're not scared. It's just that they want to be there. So, bro, are you able to listen? Good. Alright. So, Acts 42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. These are the four major characteristics that defines the early church. In other words, we're going through the summary of what transpired in the early church. Now, who are those people that were added? In this scripture, they. Who are they? Right? Have you ever asked that question when you read the scripture and you said, they were added. Who were those people that were added? I want to look back to verse 41. That's the context. It says, in verse 41, so those who received this word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So this is the context. The word they connotes to the people that were added. Remember chapter 2 is when the Holy Spirit came because it was promised by Jesus before he ascended to heaven and said, wait, the, I am not leaving you alone. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Wait for it. Okay? So Jesus, after Jesus resurrected, remember, he stayed on earth for 40 days before he ascended to heaven and said, antay lang, relax lang. I'll give you the third part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit came and they were shocked. It was a festival in Jerusalem at that time. So there were a lot of mestizos, mixed bloods, Jewish by descent. They came to Jerusalem and that's their uh, tradition. They were there and the Holy Spirit came and they were shocked because people were speaking in tongues. And imagine they were speaking in different tongues and the people around them could understand. Anyamit daita. Kung ilokanong ka, nakakaintindi ganun. Mayong buntag. It's like speaking in tongues. But yet you understand if you know the context of those words that I just mentioned. And so, those were the, the people that were added into verse 42. They came. They were saved. They were baptized. And they were added to the fellowship or the church community at that time. So who added them? Jesus added them to the church. In fact, 
I am so happy because Jesus was the one who added those people in the church. Now, today, let me just put a little application to us today. Did you know that God added you here? A lot of you are matagal na sana to, no? Gusto ko na talagang umalis dito, but Jesus added you here. If you added yourself here, the moment you get offended, you're gone. But if Jesus added you to this church, you're still here complaining nga lang, but you are here. I can relate. Okay? I know of someone who complains close to me in hearing distance, but because added Jesus added us to this church. I am so glad that I am added. I hope you appreciate what God has done, that He has added you here. Look around you. These are the people. This is your community. Grabe naman to si Pastor. English translation, I'm glad you're here. So, let me ask you this question again. What comes to mind when you hear the words apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. We have a different translation to these words in our generation today. Really, very different. And that's what I want to journey with you this morning. Would you allow me to just unpack some of these words for us this morning and apply it to where we are at today? We'll start with the apostles' teaching. Verse 43, it says, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being able, were being done through the apostles. Up until this time, did you realize that there was no apostles teaching? What was, what was the point? The point is that they just finished Peter's preaching of the word. Now, in context, this is somewhere around the 90th day or between 90 to 100 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, medyo fresh pa. It's a fresh experience that they have because these people who are added traditionally follow the tradition of the Jewish people. So, they know the story. They know exactly what transpired in the resurrection. And so, when they say, many wonders and signs were being done. If you look at verse 37, that was also when Paul actually preached. And their response was, what shall we do? And then Peter said, repent and be baptized. And the rest is history. This many wonders and signs were being done was what the foundation of this early beginning or the beginning of the church in Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 2. Amazing. They were in awe. In awe of what God did. Or when Peter preached, they were in awe. You know, before they were probably just be listening to stories of what Jesus did. And then all of a sudden, when they hear the preaching of Peter, they were struck in their hearts. And that's when they become what we call today born again. 
change lives, healing, and so on and so forth. Amazing. Unfortunately, today, I don't want to generalize, but we are not in awe anymore of what God did or what Christ has done for us. But they were in awe. That's how the church started. They were in awe. When the apostles, or particularly Peter, spoke, there were miracles that happened. It's an amazing experience that they have. So what can we learn from that? I, I just put these words together. And according to my wife, my beautiful wife says, that's a good idea. When the apostles spoke, God worked. Amazing. So, in application for us today, what about our church experience today? How is this relevant to us? When God speaks, does He work in your life? Or you're still thinking God is so out there and I'm so down here that I don't have even an opportunity to be in awe of what he has done. Or were you in awe just like me? I gave my life to the Lord in 1984. October in 1984. I forgot the day because I, I was living a very different life then. I know it was October 1984 because by November in my birthday, I was already going to church. If my time with God is dependent on that alone, 1984-2022, that's a long time. That's 30 plus years, 38 years almost. I would probably forget what God, Christ did already. Right? But do you know that Christ continues to provide miracles for my wife and I? I don't know about you. Are you in awe of what Christ has done for you? Or you need to be reminded? Do you need to be reminded? Talk to us. In fact, you don't even need to talk to us. Read, read your Bible. Have an encounter with God. Back then, they were in awe. Wow. Imagine 90 days after or 100 days after they were experiencing a miracle. Christ died. Wow, we put him to the, to the cross. He resurrected and now we have the Holy Spirit. Amazing. My prayer for us is that God continues to speak to you. And this thing called in awe will continually be experienced. When you go through difficult times, would you go back to the Word of God so you will be reminded of what He has done for you? Apostles' teaching. Let's go to the fellowship. Again, what would that be? We probably have a tame definition of what fellowship is. When I would ask you fellowship, it's probably something that, oh, we come together, we kumbaya together, we will have fun together. Right? A fellowship together. But in Acts chapter 4, delayed. My question is a little bit delayed. 
But in Acts chapter 4, this is what it means to come together in fellowship. Verse 42, by the way, is the summary of verses 42 to 47. 43 onwards is how it unpacks for us as we learn. What does the word fellowship mean to you and me today? Back then, the word fellowship has a different connotation. They and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Amazing. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Wow, this is something that's not commonly practiced today. In fact, when you read this word, sounds like communism. They had all in common. In fact, some of you are like, I don't like that verse. Let's just jump to trap to verse 47. You like the added, you know, they had favor and all of that stuff. But do you know that this is what they did in the early... Remember, this is the infancy. This, the church just got born or birthed. English kasi yung hirap nito. Huh? Kakapapanganak lang ng simbahan. Ayan. Sarap talaga magtagalog, you know? Last week, I had a chance to speak in Cebuano. So, some of the Cebuano words are still in my mind. But, such a threatening scriptures. They sold everything. Matthew is already, see, Matt is already computing. I have to sell my car. I have to sell my house. Where will we live? And they had everything. They distributed the proceeds to all. There was no one in need at that time. They took care of everyone in the fellowship. What an amazing experience. They took care of the needy. Now, remember, this, the context is early church. We also know that they solved all um, yung needs ng lahat ng nandun. They took care of those. But we also know that later on, about 16 to 20 years later, there were still poor in the church. You know that Romans would tell us that around somewhere around Romans 16. So, this one right here was a specific time of caring for those who are in need. What can we learn from the fellowship today? They had a sacrificial love for the sake of the needy that resulted to a radical generosity. That's exactly what they have done. Now Luke, if you know the writings of Luke, he is the only apostle that talks about caring for the needy or sharing the wealth. You know, uh, that's, that's the kind of, of, of mindset or the kind of writing that, that Luke uh, did. And so here, if it's mentioned in the Bible, I was praying and said, Lord, what lesson can we apply? So here's my suggestion. A sacrificial love for the sake of the needy resulted to radical generosity. Again, the question that I want to ask for us today is that what about our church experience today? Do we still care for the needy in our church? Now, I want us to understand that this is a voluntary thing that they did. It's a response. Again, 
because they were in awe of what God has done. For us today, my challenge for us as a church is that we will seek God. Lord, what do you want me to do with the needs of my friends? It's a voluntary thing. It's something, it's a response that you and I would should have. That's how the early church started. Right? Are you following me this morning? So apostles teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread. Again, breaking of bread is something that has a different connotation today. In their time, it's exactly what we did earlier. Breaking of bread for them is communion for us today. When they would come and break bread together. There were no tricks like this then. What did they do? They would break bread. And that's what Jesus taught the disciples. So, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with blood and generous hearts. They were coming together, breaking of bread. They were fellowshipping together. They were reminding each other of what Christ did on the cross. It's exactly what we have done earlier. So the breaking of bread is the response of being in awe of what Jesus did on the cross. I hope that as we come together celebrating what we just did, we will be reminded of the love of Christ for all of us. What about our church experience today? How is this relevant? Coming together in their homes. For my wife and I, it's a little bit hard to invite you to our home. Because we will not fit in our home. We have a smaller home. But that does not stop us from fellowshipping with you, from breaking bread with you, from celebrating what Christ has done. In Victory, if you have been coming here, we have a thing called Victory Groups where we should be breaking bread together. We should be fellowshipping together. We make our church a smaller fragment of the church, a smaller part so we could enjoy life together as a church. Pastor Steve Morel, I like what he said. Pastor Steve Morel is our founding pastor of Victory. He is our president of Every Nation, where the umbrella organization of Victory, so we're known internationally. So when they would go, Bu and Laika would go to the nations, they will not carry Victory, but they will carry Every Nation um, as an organization. This is what Pastor Steve said. Victory Group and Live Corporate Worship, which is this one right here, serve as the two legs in our walk with God. So if you only come with one leg in your journey because you only come to Sunday service, that's the reason why you're having a hard time with your walk. But you probably need a crutches, right? It's hard. You're designed to walk with two legs. In fact, I will not enjoy cycling if I only have one leg. 
I cannot go to 200 kilometers. I cannot even run uh, five kilometers if I have one leg. Just like our journey, we need two legs. One, come together as corporate. This is our corporate time together. Even if you don't like your neighbor here, this is what we do. That's one leg. Maybe, like, I know I have one, one of my legs shorter than the other. It's a little bit about normalcy in my abnormal, no, not same length, but that can be adjusted according to Paul, to Raul. Sorry, not Paul. Raul, the best uh, coach that I have. Okay? So you need two legs. Live corporate worship and small groups or victory groups. That's where we can break bread together in a smaller portion. You don't need to wait for every once a month celebration of communion together. Apostles teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and last, the prayer. I like that. Even in the start, prayer was part of what the early church did. Today, we even ask you to volunteer to our prayer with our prayer team. I was wondering when it was announced and thinking of my preaching, it should be all of us should volunteer. Imagine that. If the whole church is 100 plus, 200, I don't know the number here. 200, uh, 200 of us. When Pastor Ian said, we need volunteers to pray, it should be all of us. If you're part of a community, we should be. Brad, mag-volunteer ka? Mag-pray, wag lang dito. Dapat dalawa. Hindi ka lang umupo-upo. Sandali lang ng trabaho mo. Mag-pray ka din. What was prayer like in the early church? Verse 47 would tell us what they did. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What a blessing. Today, there is more talking than God involved in our small groups. Maybe that's the reason why there's only a few who can pray. Back then, they did not do anything else. They were praising God together. They had this thing called fellowship together. And Jesus was involved in every conversation that they have. Grabe naman to si pastor. Nagpapatama talaga. Kasi tatlong beses lang ako nagpipray sa isang araw. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner lang po. Ay, pang-apat pa yung thank you Lord, give me a good sleep. That's a good prayer. Right? But what happened to the rest of the day? Eh, pastor, marites ho kasi yung grupo namin. When they got in touch with each other, they got in touch with God. What a beautiful picture of the early church. My friends, we have a lot to learn from the early church. What about our experience today? Si pastor, tanong ng tanong. A quote that my wife shared with me, and I love it, and I want to share with you. It says, if people spend more time praying for others, instead of talking about them, they'd get better results. That's the translation for us today. I think we are so curious about asking about haircuts and uh, K-dramas and all of that, and then we realize we don't have time anymore to pray together. Let's pray. It's 30 seconds left. Because we are so scheduled 
with us or our lives. But I'm sure you're getting my point. Can we let Jesus be part of everything that we do? So application as we wind down this morning. I ask this question. And I want to go back to this question. I want to answer this question for you. Currently, what is your church experience? You know my church experience? I realize this church is not perfect. I realize that I don't like everything that this church does. But I also realize that God has added me to this church. This is my family. And I have no plans of getting out of this family that God has added me. Why? Because God has added me to this community. I hope that that's your experience as well. And if it is not your experience, I want to invite you to join the smaller groups that we have called Victory Groups. Get to know the people in this church. Again, I like this guy. Now he's our founder. This is what he said. Our job is not to create an authentic community. I thought that was my job. To create a perfect church. Not anymore. Our job is to participate in it. We don't have to create it. God already did that. Aren't you glad God created the church and not you? And in His love and in His perfect mind, He knows that because we are sinners saved by grace, we would come and have our own different likes and dislikes and all. But then you're part of this family. My wife and I have our own family and we do things differently than your family. Truly, because our family name is Ratilia. But I let go of that Ratilia and I come to this church and I realize I am part of a bigger church. If I have to choose and I have to build my own church, you will not be included. Because you're not perfect. I'm looking for a perfect church. But that's just me. I am not God. So God has to work in my heart and in my mind so that I can work with His plans in my life and plans in this church. We don't need to do it anymore. He already did it according to Pastor Steve and I agree with him. Victory used to be perfect until I came. It's not my fault. God added me here. So as we close this morning, Apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, the prayer, are four things that we can learn from the early church. Now, as we grow, I want to invite the worship team here this morning. As we grow, things are changing. Waistlines are changing. Haircuts are changing. The church is so different today than what it used to be. But that's just part of what God is doing today in our lives and in our context as well. So when we get, when we come together as a church, and I want to end with four questions for us today, and I want you to prayerfully answer this question. You can take a picture. Sorry, the worship team is here already. But if you can take note of this, are we in awe of who God is 
continually. Are you in awe as we come together? Are you in awe when you are with your victory group, groups? Is our awe of God resulting to radical generosity? I want to challenge you to seek the mind of God. Lord, who do you want me to bless today? I'm not only talking about financial blessing. I'm talking about spending time with that person on the phone. Message that person, how can I bless you today? How can I pray for you today? Third question, when we break bread with this community, is it a response to our awe of who God? And the last one, is Jesus part of every gathering and every conversation that you and I have? This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.